Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. If I asked you what is always a summertime favorite activity, what would you say? <laughs> little pop quiz, a little trivia here. Well, there's really no right or wrong answer, but many would say a favorite summertime activity is a picnic. Indeed, according to the National Recreation and Park Association, Picnics are top on the list of summertime fun for baby boomers, Gen Xers, and they even come in second for millennials. Of course, during the pandemic, as people grew leery of eating at restaurants, picnics took on a life of their own, their very own. They morphed from chicken and potato salad on paper plates to Almost a fine dining experience. The pandemic custom picnic almost became known more for their atmosphere than the food they served. Picnickers would bring low top tables, thick sitting pillows, candles, flowers, fine china, you name it. Or you could even have a company name it. As many restaurants got into the picnic business to stay afloat during the pandemic. Folks love picnics for many reasons. Certainly, it is a mindful place. Also, being drenched in the environment offers appreciation of same. And for some, it just brings out that inner child in all of us. Today's hot topic when it comes to picnics involves charcuterie board delights. Here to tell us how to create the perfect charcuterie picnic is Heather Pratch. Heather is the Director of Education for the International Dairy Dally Bakery Association, a nonprofit trade association for food retailers, manufacturers, wholesalers, brokers, distributors, and other industry professionals. Welcome, Heather. Hello, Mary. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here to solve this mystery wrapped around this charcuterie business. <laughs> what exactly is charcuterie? So charcuterie, very technically by the term, um, is a fancy word for cured meat. So charcuterie technically means the meat. Um, it's a French term that came from the 15th century. Um, typically it's cured meats, um, so that the, so that they could use all parts, um, of the animal and be able to hold the meat without having to refrigerate it. Now the process came long before that, um, in Roman times, but it was the French that made it fancy into charcuterie of what we know today. So this is, uh, uh, any more history behind that and the air dried meats? No, it's it's a they use a salt process, and um, usually it is hung or held in a cool, dark space. So some people who do this um, do it in their basements, or they hang it 
Um, and now it's expanded, of course. It's not just in France, you know, you've got Italy, you've got Spain. Um, and then now jump forward, we're into charcuterie where we are today and the giant fad of it. And why do you think it has become so popular today? Um, I think a few reasons. I think for one, um, all of the protein diets, um, so less carbs have made charcuterie jump. Um, but in the boards, boards have become really popular, which we can talk in a bit about the grazing boards and the difference. But um, charcuterie boards have become really beautiful and it's a way to kind of graze and eat what you want. Um, and it holds really well. So you can put it out. It's neat that holds well. Um, and a board, you can have it out for two hours. Um, you could probably do a little longer, but that's what um, food standards are for two hours. And um, it's great at room temperature. So it's easy to take care of. Oh, I like that that you informed us about the two hours because I know a lot of people struggle with that, with everything really, whether you're having, um, you know, just a dinner and you're leaving food out like on a buffet or something like that. So that's good to know. Um, so before we get into the perfect picnic board, because that's, that's our main topic today, but we like to inform our listeners about from A to Z kind of thing, just on your typical charcuterie board what might what might one find not for a picnic but just in general in a very technical charcuterie board um you want to stay honest to the term so it has cured meats on it um and i say that because we've taken boards and people will talk about charcuterie boards but they end up being into all the grazing boards so we're kind of mixing the terms charcuterie would have the cured meats and often cheeses and then some kind of either cracker or bread that would go with it. Um, usually there's some accoutrements, meaning olives, grapes, something small that would go along with it that could um, clean your palate or be a little sweet in between bites. Give us an example of the, of the meats you're talking about. So we're talking about uh, salamis. We're talking about, um, I mean, mainly they're, they're types of salami and sausages. Hey, is there any one that's more popular than another? Um, I think right now salami is really the top popular. I mean, it depends on what country you're coming from. Um, I mean, they're spicy. They're not spicy. It's kind of it's like wine or cheese. The variety is just abundant. There's a million different kinds that you can go for. So when we're talking about it in a very general term, we're talking about salami. Um, but now people have branched that out into turkeys, into ham, or adding maybe a little more pedestrian meats to the board. Um, maybe not honest to charcuterie, but um, something that, again, is a little more pedestrian or palatable to everyone. And, and you mentioned different countries do different things. Can you give me any examples of that? Um, it's not that they're doing different. It's just like wine, where they're they're curing meats with their own their own styles. Like in Spain, they're, you know, they may use the drippings in a mezcal um, and they may take it a little step further or the spices that are used may be different. Um, even the way that the slicing happens. So American slicing is different than um, Italian slicing. And depending on how, um, what meat is being used, the slicing is different. So then that's by thickness. We talked a little bit here, and, and we're still going to get to that ultimate picnic uh, board. Yes, but, um, and I got to tell you, uh, we're looking for something over the top here because we, b before you came on, we were talking about 
how picnics have morphed into this whole experience where people bring candles and flowers and have music, et cetera. So it's it turned into a, 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 it's more about the experience, I think, than what we're eating. But anyway, before we get to that, you, you told us some of the things we would find on a general board. What about, you know, is there anything that doesn't belong? Um, that's interesting because now as we move away from the term charcuterie and where we're going to go today to the summer picnic board. So now when we move into grazing boards, the, the sky's the limit. You can really put whatever you would like on them. Um, so there's not something that wouldn't go on it. And I guess back to just, if you're going to make, a, if you're going to call a board charcuterie, it has the cured meats on it. And then there, you know, there's a crudite board. Well, that would be vegetables or um, so just knowing what, and if it's, if it is a hodgepodge of things, then we're into a grazing board by technical terms. Interesting. Okay. I think people in general just say charcuterie and it's just like this board and you know, you put all this mix of things on it, but so they differentiate between vegetables or grazing and then this. So, yep. so there's really no rhyme or reason. Somebody's not going to make a major faux pas by putting uh, apple slices on a board or something. No, in fact, we just at our show, at our trade show, made a 12-foot charcuterie board, and we had um, a company from Italy slicing. So we were slicing and then creating this 12-foot board, and we were able to use almost anything that we had as leftovers. So that's another really great tip. If you have things left over in the kitchen, like you have some grapes left over, you got a kiwi or two, you can start to add that. You've got chocolates. Um, you can start to, you've got a little, you know, a couple olives left at the bottom of the jar, like throw it on your board. Hmm. That's, that's a real good, that's a recycle tip there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some food waste, like go through the kitchen. It's kind of like a chili or a soup, like go through your kitchen yeah. and throw it on the board. Yeah, I like that. Speaking of boards now, is there any rhyme or reason there with the different boards? Um, not necessarily. And now we're starting to see, um, this is why this is a very fun topic. We're starting to see a lot more brunch boards. You can do dessert boards. Um, especially when you get to desserts, people love to just do like a little explorative nibble. And so now they can try maybe four or five different desserts, or maybe I don't want a whole donut, but I just want a little bit of a donut, maybe a little piece of some waffle or a bit of egg. And so we're seeing it start to morph into more of, um, an entertaining style and grazing together. I love that. That is so me because you know why, Heather, I can't make a, I can't always make decisions <laughs> too quickly. So I see a chocolate cake and a banana cake and a cheesecake, and that's right up my alley to be able to take a few nibbles of, of each one rather than commit. It's a major commitment for me to just sit down with a, with a slice of chocolate cake. No, you're right. You're right. I want them all. I want to yeah. try them all. <laughs> right. Um, and same thing with, with being at a party and um, again, back to entertaining. And we're going to see this trend of entertaining um, start to heighten in the summer. Uh, we're seeing the trends. The, and An average party right now is about six people. That's what we're finding in our data is about six people. So I have six people over. It's much easier to graze on this charcuterie board than to think of what I'm going to make for these six people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then too, you're appealing, there's got to be something for everybody. So if you just made 
a roast and people are vegetarian, they're out. So this way, yeah. you know, they can pick and choose what applies to them, whether they're gluten free, whether they're vegetarian, whatever the case might be. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, what's really beautiful about it. You don't, you can put it all in one spot. The other thing that we're seeing is you see this big trend of them being on Instagram or you see them on Pinterest, you see all these social media pictures because, uh, whatever the board is, you can kind of explore an artistic side. So now you're kind of mixing food and art and people love putting that out there. So as we have started to do more through the um, COVID and be in and kind of do these um, meditative processes, like maybe you're coloring or you've taken up painting or whatever, you could make that charcuterie board, that artistic piece. And then in the end, you get to eat it. That's wonderful. I was going to ask you about the color because some of the ones I see, it's almost like I'm not even realizing what's on there. I just like paging through a magazine, the, the vibrant colors will come at me and then I'll investigate further. You know, what is that? Yeah. And that's where you're seeing um, even exotic fruits and stuff. So if you wanted to bring in a dragon fruit for that, like beautiful deep pink or a kiwi, again, that gives you that green added to it. Um, so when you're doing your um, accoutrements, you want to start to think about the colors that you're pulling together. If that artistic flair is something that you want to go after in the board. Mm -hmm. So, but at the same time, you don't need artistic skills, at least not for my friends. If there's food on the board, <laughs> they're going to eat it no matter how pretty it looks or doesn't look. But uh, um, I, I don't want to scare people off that you need a lot of talent for this because it, that's the great thing about it. It can be as much or as little as you want, I guess. No, exactly. Yeah, you could you could put out some chunks of cheese and some knives and let people go at it themselves. People will figure it out and you know, if I want to eat it, I'm going to figure out how. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm good at that. I am good at figuring out <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Um, so, so types of grazing boards. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you could do this with vegetables. You could do this with fruit. Um, you could name it something like a brunch board. We're seeing holiday boards. So if you want to go big for Valentine's Day. And we're starting to see more of these... Um, Maybe off uh, holidays, not the traditional holidays, like you've got Women's Month or Galentine's Day, and people are starting to celebrate those more or have a reason to have people over, and they're theming their boards. What would be a theme for a Christmas board? Ooh, that's a really great question. Um you know, you, you've stumped me. <laughs> I mean, other than like it being Christmas with all the fun stuff. I yeah. mean, and you could take, I think I would go for the Christmas desserts and take the cookies and things. Um, and I, I would bring in color for sure for Christmas with the red and the green. Now, da, 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 here we go. As promised, talk to us about the ultimate charcuterie picnic. Sure. So you have to have, uh, we're talking charcuterie picnics, so you have to have some cured meats on there. Um, you're going to keep your crackers and you may do some baguettes. Um, you could smear cheese on the baguette, so a soft cheese or goat cheese, and then maybe add fruit to the top for that summer kind of fruity feel. So you could add like a baguette, blue cheese, and then maybe put a peach, a slice of peach on top. Um, you could put all those together. So combining all of those flavors, um, I would definitely add some nuts, honey, mustard, pickles, olives, um, and just make it so that it's simple 
Uh, and if we're doing the picnic feel where we're really on a blanket and stuff, you can put this together on the spot and just lay it out. And back to your point, it does not have to be fancy. We, we see all the fancy ones, of course, but this doesn't have to be fancy at all. Now, one thing I found that was interesting about your organization is you actually offer a charcuterie professional certification. And I'd like you to tell us about that a little bit. It's just like the certified cheese professionals um, or people who are in beer or wine. The charcuterie exam uh, kind of puts you as the expert and the professional in charcuterie. Because as I said earlier, there's, I mean, you could really dive deep into it. I've stayed at a really, you know, soft component of it where it's, it's sausage or it's salami, but you could go really deep into the heritage. You could go really deep into the styles. Um, and so to allow people to do that, we've created, um, a, they're called salumiers or salumiers, um, or, and, uh, they are, um, certified through a proctored exam. And so we do that exam twice. We do it in June and then we do it in um, virtually in the fall. And that allows people, we have about 20 people who have passed. It's fairly new. We started it um, in 2020. We did our first virtual one. Um, and that's where people can come and take this professional exam and then get a certification that is known and puts you in that top space when you are working with cheeses or you're working with um, these meats. And what that does is that allows you to um, kind of be the expert in tastings or if you're in retail in the store um, and gives you something to celebrate that you've made it and have studied the meats that far. Well, that's just wonderful. I mean, again, this charcuterie is just morphing into all kinds of things. And I love that. I love when people have something, well, it's not exactly new. How far back does, how far, I know it's the fad now, but how far back would these, uh, these boards and the charcuterie go? The French brought it in in the 15th century. So we're going back quite quite a ways. Um, but when we're talking about Roman times of, of cured meats, I mean, we're, we're going all the way back. So that would go back many hundreds of years further. But um, actual, again, charcuterie and boards, we're talking 15th century. Hmm, interesting. It's it, a lot of people are just discovering it now or <laughs> something new and exciting. <laughs> you know, that's what's really fun about this is charcuterie used to be kind of it was fancy. It was on a menu and you were like, oh, it's charcuterie. Now it's just blown up and you can be in, in you know, even small urban areas and you're seeing charcuterie or you're hearing people talk about it or you're hearing people um learn how to build these boards. And so it's just become kind of a common term. I mean, it's not easy to say, but it's super common now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really something. And I appreciate you being here to teach us a little bit about how to go about putting them together. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I don't know if I'm ready to do a board, but I sure am ready to eat. <laughs> that all sounds so great. Um, but now we're out of time, and it's time to high-five and say goodbye. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be pleasant to each other. <laughs>